Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church, where we look to connect the events of the weekend with our lives lived Monday through Friday. My name is Zach Thompson. I am one of the pastors here, and with another one of the pastors here, my co-host, J.D. Ewing. Zach, I am so sorry for your abs loss last night. Immediately into it? Immediately. Let me get settled into a rhythm before you bring back the, the bad news. That is the bad news of the day, right there. Yeah, yeah. And it, you, can I can I make it a little bit worse? Oh yeah, definitely. I was there. You were there. I was at the game. No I, way. I was with a, a couple couple dudes from Calvary over a couple of campuses, and we were there. We were all excited, surrounded by screaming fans, which was oh, so good to be around. Yeah. After after this tough year and a half, to be just lifted up by these fellow fans, and then just to have the floor ripped out from underneath <laughs> us. It was it was rough, and it went to overtime, so it kept me way past my bedtime. So it's just been groggy and sleepy, and I can't believe you were there. Yeah, that's like that's one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, Colorado sports when they're in the playoffs, mm-hmm. when things are on the line, are some of the best venues to go to. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool to be part of it. Yeah, even, even in defeat, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's hard. You know, this reminds me, my wife Kristen. Uh, Reminds me, anytime I do something cool that's like really cool, she always says, yeah, but I went to game four of the World Series of the Rockies, which wasn't a great game, but she went to the World Series. Yeah. And as a huge baseball fan, historian, I love history more of baseball than actually that day to day. It's like saying, yeah, but I went to the moon. You know what I mean? So you're saying every time you do something cool, she brings <laughs> this up. Like, I, I have some concerns, and I might want to be meeting with the two of you together. Yeah, totally. This, you might. Okay. okay. Yeah, because it at least gets brought up a few times every year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's just this really funny joke that, like, yeah, I can't compete. I've never been to a World Series. Mm. You know, I've never been to that. So when you went to the Avs game last night, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yep. That's really cool. Would have been more cool with a win. Yeah, totally. But still glad to get to go. Yeah. Yep. You were there. Yep. So now just uh, recovering. Recovering both emotionally because of the loss <laughs> and uh, from lack of sleep, just drinking coffee all day long. Yeah. We love coffee on this podcast. Has, now, it, has that been said yet? I don't know. No, if that I don't know if that's okay. been said. Yeah. Gotcha. But um, you were telling me about this really cool practice that you experience in a different country. And I'm like, this should be a national mandate yes. for each American. Gotcha. So I uh, shared a couple of weeks ago when I helped lead a missions trip out to Sweden and Stockholm and a couple of places in the country and came across a practice that they have called Fika. And Fika is kind of this uh, community, social, uh, kind of this national uh, event that they have. Uh, not everyone participates uh, just as everything, but it, what you do is you get a really good, dark, strong cup of coffee. You, you can make alterations, but that's right. that's the part that gets me excited. And, <laughs> and a sweet treat. And, and one thing that is true about a lot of Swedish people is, is they very much so limit their their sweets. And yep. so Fika is a big time getting their goodies on Saturday, uh, their bags of candy. Uh, so it becomes like a really look forward to time as opposed to us where we're just like eating ice cream for breakfast and stuff like totally. that. Wait, you're not supposed to have ice cream for breakfast? No, I'm just saying it makes it less special. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, yeah. Cause of course that's what I had. Uh, <laughs> and so you have Fika where it's, you grab a uh, coffee, you grab a sweet treat and you just get to know people who are around you. Uh, the greatest experience of that went to a church service in, uh, just just outside Stockholm or part of Stockholm. 
and it was part of the worship service wow. where we had uh, about four or five songs in Swedish and English, and then we had about 45 minutes of fika. Uh, where we had coffee and we had pastries and we get to know the people around us and then came back for the message and then uh, closing songs. That's pretty awesome. That was so good. So next week at Calvary, at mm-hmm. every, all three campuses, this mm-hmm. is going to start happening. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I mean, your job is actually announcing the event, so you should clarify that that's <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, that might not be happening at Calvary. We do have donuts coming back eventually, yes. even which is pretty fun. Yeah. To think about even having donuts back it's at Calvary. But what's happening really at Calvary, you want to know, go to calvarybible.com. That was a great segue, by the way. I, you I, really hit your stride. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I know. Okay. You don't need to tell me, I know. Okay, calvarybible.com <laughs> slash events to find out what's all happening at Calvary. At the very bottom of that page, you can choose your campus. That might help narrow some of these choices. But above all, Kids Week is happening next week, so we need Calvary Faithful to be praying for Kids Week. It's going to be a really unique experience, a, new, a unique year. It's going to be in backyards once again like last year, but we want to pray for spiritual fruit, just for God to move in neighbors and stories and kids' hearts uh, over Bolt, the Kids Week. And if you haven't signed up yet, you need to get to CalvaryBible.com, A-S-A-P. Also, Maranatha is coming up at the end of June. Oh, man, this is where they take middle schoolers off to summer camp. And it's so cool to see this. They're planning that trip now. I'm excited because it's like almost 80 students are already signed up for yeah. that trip, which is really cool. Also, for high schoolers, don't don't fret. There's a high school trip coming the end of July. So CalvaryBible.com for all your children's and student ministries. Um, also, starting point, there is a way to find some community Calvary Wilderness. There's a lot of things happening on all three campuses. That's so right. Go to calvarybible.com slash events. That is your announcements by Jay Ewing. Yeah. One one other thing that's going on. Yeah. We just started a new series. Oh, we did. We did. Yeah. We, man, that's another great segue. We went, yeah. we started a new series called Summer Playlist, which has a really cool graphic. Oh, and yeah. It, okay. You preach this weekend. So you experienced the bumper video behind or b- before you preach. That was a really cool bumper video. Super quick. No, you don't experience it? There was a bumper video? There was a bumper video. In oh, we, we got to pay more attention to our comms team because they're fantastic. They're okay. doing such a good job getting there wasn't, incredible <laughs> there's, materials. There's, yeah. Anyways, there's a great bumper video out I there. Look, I look forward to it. For this <laughs> it's going to be so good. Sorry, comms team, for throwing you under the bus or whoever. But yeah. uh, okay. Anyways, it's a great sermon series. It's a summer playlist, and it's scriptures on repeat is the theme what does that mean, Zach? Yeah, so the idea behind it is we need we are people who need to be reminded. Uh, talked about on the Thornton campus that I would be lost without my reminders. I wouldn't be here uh, remembering that we're supposed to be recording this podcast if I didn't have it on my calendar, if I didn't have alert that goes off. Apparently, I need to set reminders to look up bumper videos when we're in new series because <laughs> uh, that, that got dropped. Uh, it's it's not comms team. They're, they're fantastic. It was probably just a Thornton thing. Uh, but we need to be reminded because we, we drop things like this all the time. And so we want to continue to go back to what God has taught us before because uh, we're forgetful. We get mm-hmm. focused on other things. Time passes and we are further removed from uh, something. And so we forget about it. And so we need to be reminded. So we want to go back to the passages God has used 
to help us uh, understand again and understand anew of who he is, what he's done, and who he's calling us to be. Uh, on the online and at Thornton and Boulder, we focused on Second uh, Peter chapter 1, yep. where in verses 12 through 15, he uses the word remind, reminder, and recall. None of this in the, the 11 verses preceding, none of this is new instruction, right. but it's just the reminder of who God is, what the identity he's calling people into is, and how we live in response to that. And so just wanted to look at that practice of God constantly calling us to remember, to be reminded uh, throughout all of Scripture. And so that's kind of where we're getting the inspiration from with uh, this series, where we want to look at uh, this This uh, could sound a little bit uh, a little bit loose and, and not having a lot of respect and dignity in the Bible, but I, I do mean it in a dignified way. There's a lot of jams in the Bible. Yeah. So summer is known for like there being new songs that come out that you just plant, uh, like you just put on and, and they're toe tapping, like your head nodding, like th- there's jams that come in summer. Yeah. It's like the songs you listen to when you're on the grill yep. or by the pool or on the road trip with your family. Yep. Those and those, are the jams. those songs you're like, oh man, Let's hear it one more time. Right. One, one more time. Uh, and then like six hours later, you, you've listened to one song and you know your Spotify year in review is going to be tainted because that one day, <laughs> it's all good. There, there's jams in the Bible that we constantly return to because they're so good and, uh, and they're so good because God is good and he's used them to teach us in uh, some incredible ways. So I asked you a question. What's your jam? What's, what's a passage in uh, the text that... You, God has continued to bring to mind and continue to teach you through uh, who he is, what he's done, and what he's calling you to be. Man, there's a few of them. Uh, one of them that I actually will be preaching on this summer is Luke 15, mm. and that's the prodigal son story. Yeah. And uh, actually the prodigal father more than anything. Yeah. Just the amazing movement of the father's love towards both of his sons. Well, you're preaching on it, so don't share too much. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's one of those that I keep going back to. I'm... It's one of those that um, in Bible college long ago, I had this class called uh, Principles. No, it was a hermeneutics, which is study of the Bible. Yeah. So it's very formal class. And the whole, there was only one project for the whole semester. And that was to write about 50 to 70 pages on one Bible passage. Mm. And there was a collection of passages we could pick, some hard ones, some unique ones. And I picked Luke 15. And it has stuck with me ever since. Oh, that's good. So um, I think that's really a great one that I think about a lot. And I'm always like, curious, like, okay, do I, do I know the meaning? Do I, do I understand this story? Does it, has it seep, seeped into my bones? Mm-hmm. You know, is it livable? That type of thing is always in the back of my head with Luke 15. Yeah, that's good. Okay, what about you? Yeah, so shared, uh, again, on the Thornton campus, uh, that uh, I, I have, I created this, this kind of framed picture of just the text of Philippians 4.8. Um, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And it's it's one that God continues to bring back into mind. I have a tendency to think about things that aren't worth my time, that, mm. that don't fill me up, that don't point me to Jesus. 
Uh, I have a tendency to think about things that build myself up and have a higher view of myself than I ought to. I, I have a tendency to fill my time with things that only fill my time. Like they just help the, the clock move along where, where that's not what God is calling us to do, where I'm forgetting who God has made me to be. And, and it's a, it's a passage of identity. It's a, it's a passage of, of what we're supposed to seek out. And, uh, it's it's the constant reminder for me. So I, I have it up on my wall, which which could sound really spiritual to some people, but but said I don't have verses on my wall because I'm especially holy, but because I'm especially forgetful and I need to be reminded. That's awesome, man. Speaking of this sort of theme of Bible verses, we have a shaping value in this podcast over the summer. What are shaping values? Yeah, there are there's six of them at Calvary. Okay. And they are sort of uh, what we consider the marks of disciple, what a disciple would be or how they would live. And we're always looking at these as, are we growing in um, these values that we have? Mm. And you can go to calvarybible.com and click on beliefs and vision um, to really see them written out. But we sort of think about them a lot here on staff. We see them on a lot of walls uh, historically at Calvary. And um, there's the six of them, and the first one is, is biblical authority. Mm. And the tagline is, we submit our lives to the teaching of God's word. And that's really one of the very fundamental steps of being a disciple of Jesus, is um, really s- submitting uh, our lives in front of what he would, wants to accomplish in us, do in us, and form in us. And uh, that's the shape and value. So we're over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about these six shaping values and taking each week and to sort of talk more robustly about these values. And uh, this happens to be the first week of biblical authority. So if I'm understanding you correctly, uh, what we're saying shaping values are as someone is following Jesus, we should see these in their lives which doesn't mean they need to be perfect at it. Not Instead, at all. Instead, it's they need. It, we should see growth in these areas. Is that right. is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Right. Steady. You know, it's like everything in the Christian life. It's it's a about obedience, and then it's also about failure, and it's the grace that sort of God uses in both of those things to really bring about what He wants to produce in our lives. So, biblical authority. We as Christians yeah. want to continue to grow in submitting our lives to the teaching of God's word. Yep. Great. That's let's, great. Let's talk about what that means. Yeah, you know that's that's really a, a a big phrase, and you know we love our Bibles around Calvary. Obviously, we're Calvary Bible Church. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> we open up our scriptures just like we did uh, in this series, where we're going to talk about these great uh, scriptures on repeat, but also coming out of Mark It Up series where we slowed down and went through a book of the Bible. Um, so Calvary has a lot of Bible in it. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about that is, is you can be a student of the Bible, but actually not look like Jesus. Mm. And I think that's sometimes the warning. I feel like sometimes we can be excited about studying God's word, but not actually knowing God while we study God's word. You know, just for knowledge sake puffing up our own intellect our own pride and um but when we talk about biblical authority it's we actually go to god's word because that's where god has revealed himself in a way in which can produce life out of us yeah and similar to that as well not not only are those who are studying the bible but not actually uh and not actually knowing jesus there's 
others who, uh, and, and all of us fall into these temptations. I don't want to make this a, a them conversation. We all struggle with that. There, there's us as well who struggle in this category where we can go to the Bible and miss out on the aspect where it reveals uh, who God is and how we are supposed to live. It's it's not following the authority that the Bible is. And and this is a hallmark for us, as you were saying. Um, I, the way I've phrased it is we're Calvary Bible Church. The The Bible is the center of everything we do, not just our name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's because of this. It's biblical authority. And, and it really traces back well, throughout all of uh, the history of Christianity, but a, a big kind of summary statement for this um, goes back to the Reformation with this idea of sola scriptura, uh, which is... Uh, Ooh, we, we're going back to the the Reformers. Where would we go other than the <laughs> Reformation? Uh, so it, it, it's scripture only. That doesn't mean that, uh, oh, you're reading Harry Potter. Uh, that's not sola scriptura. Uh, it, it, no, it's we read other things. We, we learn in, in a variety of different ways. But uh, it is scripture is the only source that tells us how we can be saved and how we should live. Um Martin Luther uh, said, first of all, you need to know that uh, the, that Holy Scripture is the kind of book that a book that makes the wisdom of all other books into foolishness, since none of them teaches about eternal life except this alone. So it's going back to Scripture, not as our only source. Uh, that's not what only Scripture means, but as the only authoritative place where God has revealed himself and how we can live for him. Yeah, I was reading actually in my morning devotions actually in Deuteronomy 30 and finishing up that book. And it was a really interesting chapter. And I was like, man, that's a perfect time in God for where we're going to be talking today about biblical authority. And it's sort of the end of Moses's ministry in life. The next chapter is where sort of Joshua is starting to become the new leader of Israel. They're yeah. on the edge of the promised land. Um, it says it's a wonderful sort of ending to this great narrative that we've been reading from exodus all the way you know and it's really just fantastic but he gives this in his sort of final farewell speech and i think this has a lot to say with what luther has to say to yeah. us it says see this is uh deuteronomy thirty fifteen. see i have set before you today life and good death and evil if you obey the commandments of the lord your god that i commanded you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. And it's a really great reminder for me that God wants the best life possible for us. And sometimes when we when we submit our lives to God's word, it produces the best life possible. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean, when I say the best life possible, that's not a life that's not filled with suffering, yeah. disappointment, regret, but it is the life that is not only pleasing, has an aim to please God, but is a life that can bring and flourish joy, contentment, um, love, humility, and those are the key ingredients, I think, for the best possible life lived. And what Moses is saying to Israel, which if you read your Bibles, you know they don't really do a great job at this, and they fail at it o- multiple. Only them, though. We're, yeah. we're great at it. <laughs> exactly. And it's about you know setting up the story of redemption of 
God sending actually his own son, the bigger, larger story of the yeah. Bible. But, um, you know, it's just a great reminder for Moses to me, this, even today, like, um, these are the precepts of God. These are the things of God. And if you apply them, if you submit to them, if you study them, if you're diligent in them, it's going to produce a really good life. Yeah. That's what I'm convinced of. That's why I do ministry. But you know, that's, I really feel like it's the best option for humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the way that, that the God of the universe has revealed himself to us that, that we should not take that lightly, that God has created all things and he could have just left it there, but he wants to, us to know him. He, he wants us to be in relationship with him. And so how do we follow his commands? How do we love him? Well, it's through how he reveals himself to us. And the primary way he does that is through his word. Um, can I, can I do more Latin? Oh, sure, man. Bring it on. Yeah. So another, another hallmark of the reformation, uh, would talk about scripture is they describe the Bible as the Norman Normans non normata, which I know there's a lot of very similar phrases there, which, (laughs) which, uh, it's kind of cool. So one more time and then I'll explain it. So Norma Normans non normata. And it basically a rough translation would be, and I'll still need to explain this, the norm of norms, which is not normed. So norm meaning in this one, uh, like the standard or principle or like the overarching rule, like a, a norm. So it's it's the highest rule or standard that is not impacted by anything else that would rule or set a standard over it. So it is the highest thing and nothing else is impacting it. And it's only the highest thing because uh, God, it's God's revelation to us. So nothing rules over scripture. Instead, scripture rules over all of our emotions, all of our thoughts, all of our opinions, all of our practices, our traditions, our actions, our policies, our beliefs, our discoveries. Did I leave anything out in there? I don't know. You're, you're covering it. There, there's a great book um, that kind of summarizes this. It's called Evangelical Convictions. We've mentioned it on uh, on the podcast before. It's a, a book that was written by the, the EFCA, our, our Movement of Churches, the Evangelical Free Church of America. And they kind of summarize that idea of Norma Norman's non normata as this, that all that the Bible teaches us, we ought to believe. All that the Bible requires of us, we ought to obey. And all that the Bible promises us, we ought to trust. For what the Bible says, God says. For it is all for our good and for his glory. For in the scriptures, God's gospel of his son has been authoritatively revealed to us. God has spoken. Mm, That's really good. That's really good. Yeah, so it's going back to scripture because it is God's revealed word, holding it so highly because it is God's real revealed word, and our response to it is to follow and believe what it says to us. Yeah, the evangelical convictions also says later on that our commitments to Christ as Lord is manifested in our submission to the scriptures. Mm. So one of the ways in which you know if you're living under biblical authority is if your commitment to Christ as Lord is manifested in how you're obeying them and living under the scriptures. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's not 
the entire thing is it's the Norma Normans, not Normata. We're, we aren't going to outside sources to mm-hmm. understand this about the Bible. The Bible in and of itself is the highest authority, and, and God reveals us about himself there. So God is the author. We keep saying that, and we see that. Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen, uh, he uses humans to write that. Yeah. He says that second uh, second Peter uh, one twenty one, and, and we can trust it because God is truth. And and one of the best passages about God's word revealed is is one of our longest in Psalm one nineteen. Uh, towards the end of it, in verse a hundred and sixty. Yep, There's a lot right. of verses. It says, "The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever." And so we see in the text, from the text, that is the norm of norms, which is not norms. It is the highest authority because God has given it to us, and only in it do we know him and do we know how we live for him. Yeah, that's great. So as we transition this conversation into uh, sort of what biblical authority looks like, what it is, get out of the Latin lesson, get into, you know, the real application of what is happening in your lives— I think of Paul saying in Colossians 3.16, which is another great 3.16 of the Bible, Mm -hmm. he encourages us, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's Colossians 3, 16 and 17. So how do we do that? What are some practical ways in which we can submit our lives unto the biblical authority, unto God's word? And what are some resources you think, Zach, that Calvary needs to have in order to grow in this as we continue to all grow in submitting to God's word? Yeah, that's great. Just one small half step back. I okay. know that we do this all the time where it's you ask me a question and it's like, well, let me answer a question that I want to answer instead. Okay. Uh, so just the re- reminder of all this, that we're, we're talking about a shaping value is the phrase that we used. And we aren't grabbing these things because we feel they are the best business plan for us to be as a church, but it's, right. it's doing exactly this. It's, we want to go to the text for everything that we do. So when we talk about our mission, when we talk about our vision and our values, the, these aren't divinely inspired, but we focus on them. We want to remind ourselves of them because they come from the text, because as we read the Bible, we believe this is who God is calling us to be. And so we want to, to, be this as a church. So we want to be submitting to the the Bible's authority as a church. So even in the practices of what we do as the gathering, as as Calvary, one church in multiple locations, we want to be submitting as a church to these things, let alone as individuals. And how we can continue to grow in that as individuals is your actual question, is uh well getting into the text. Yeah. Like that's gonna that's gonna be the biggest one. If it is uh, I can't do any more Latin. Okay, fine. If it is the highest authority yeah. given to us from God Himself, then we should we should acknowledge that the God of the universe wants us to know Him, uh, the God who made us, the God who set in process everything around us, every vacation spot that we've been to, every person that we've been loved by and known, every person that we respected is is part of God's grand plan. And that is so incredible that that God wants 
to be known by us and wants to, us to, to live with him and for him and because of him. And so when we recognize all that God has done in the text of Scripture, it should just send us running straight to that text itself uh, because we are so filled with the love of this incredible God who wants to be known. And so we, we got to get in the text. Uh, and so... How do you do that then? Yeah, so there's uh, pages, and I encourage you to open it up to one of them and start reading one of the pages. Okay. Uh, if you want a little bit more systematic approach, which I would highly recommend, uh, there's a variety of reading plans. Uh, there are some that go at some uh, more rapid paces and, and some that go a little bit slower. Both are good. Both help us to, to see what God is revealing. Some help us, the more rapid paced ones, help us see the, the grand overarching story a little bit better. Uh, then there's also times that are appropriate to slow down and read just a, a few passages or parts of the text. You had a recommendation for, for one of the more, uh, the former, one of the ones that go more quickly. Yeah, there's, there's a recommendation, you know, um, I've been through the one-year Bible and uh, other Bible reading plans over the years, but one of the most life-changing ones in the sense of understanding God's story, understanding the like the big narrative, and really getting a like a a macro view of the scriptures was this thing that uh, has a cheesy name called the B90X. It's the uh, Bible reading in 90 days. So mm-hmm. reading the Bible in 90 days. And I know that Perry Marshall has done this w- too. And the people that I've seen do this, including my my own, it really gives you a really unique perspective of what God's doing and what he's up to by reading his word. And it's a really hard one. Like mm-hmm. this is not for the faint hearted. In the summer months, it might be a little easier to pull this off um, because, you know, you can listen to it each day on commutes or morning walks or, you know, vacation or where you're driving for copious hours to get to some amazing national parks, wherever you're going this summer. Um, so that might help, but it's about an hour a day, which is a long time commitment. But I told myself then I spend more time watching Netflix every night. Mm. Like why couldn't I do 90 days and have an hour of just spending time with God and reading his word? And like it says, it's quick in the sense of your reading for not only reading sake, but sort of reading a lot of chapters at one time. So that's a pretty extreme thing, but I, I'll put it in the show notes. I think it's still one of the best. If you're going to read God's word, why not just devour it yeah. in one, you know, a season like that? Yeah. But you do something different. You're talking about your sort of personal journey through yeah. this. Yeah. So with, with me, I, I found that those, while those are fantastic to help you kind of get the overarching story, which we need to get, uh, it just goes a little bit more than I'm able to digest. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I have a different program and it doesn't have a cool name. It's not called B 730 X. It's just called a two year Bible yeah. reading plan, which, yeah. which we'll also throw in. It has the dates yeah. on there. There's plans for you to get caught up. Uh, if you miss a couple days in there, uh, just it goes a little bit slower. Two passages um, uh, every single day, with some catch-up days in there. It's been so good just to try to sit and ponder on God's word. There's also books that you can grab as well that help with it. Recommend a book called God's Big Picture by Vaughn Roberts. Um, we'll we'll link these all in the show notes. Absolutely. So please yeah. go to the that that helps to understand uh, God's 
big picture, the grand overarching story of the Bible and, and how to interpret different parts of it. You had a, a recommendation as well? Yeah, I think evangelical conviction, anyone who is going to be a member of Calvary should probably have read that book. Mm. It's our doctrine statement, but not only that, it's so well written, oh, yeah. so thoughtful, so easy to digest. Um, so you probably need to go get that. And it has a really great section on what we believe about God's word that's super helpful. So evangelical conviction. Also, this is not everyone's jam, but I think he is a brilliant writer. I've quoted him uh, many of times and referenced him, but Eugene Peterson has a book. He writes in a wonderful tone about called Eat This Book, hmm. and it's about sort of his journey of reading the Bible, why he wrote the message, and sort of his understanding of what it is to like really get the Bible in, in your life. Yeah, that's good. You got anything else? Yeah, so just to wrap up this uh, this idea is the the beauty of this is we can understand the Bible's authority even as we are coming brand new to, to the church of reading what God has revealed and knowing him, knowing what he's called us to. We can also grow in depth and understanding beyond that, knowing that, that this is all because of God and for God. I uh, want to end with one more Luther quote. Yeah, uh, it's a Luther week. I know, I know. So he, he, I believe this was at the Dia de Verm, so he's defending uh, his reading of the text. And he said, unless if I am convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, I am bound by the scriptures I have quoted and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not retract anything since it's neither safe nor right for me to go against conscience. May God help me. May we too have the same standard for all that we do in our life. And it's going straight to the text, straight to God himself, showing us God himself. Yeah, Calvary, we're so glad you're listening. Like always, you can write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think is it really helpful tools when it comes yeah. to submitting to God's word, biblical authority. We love to hear from you. We'll pass those recommendations along to the podcast. Um, we just love hearing from you. Know that you can go to calvarybible.com at any time, fill out a prayer request, get plugged in here at Calvary. It's a great community. It's not a perfect community, but it's a great community that loves God, loves God's word, and loves giving glory to his son, Jesus Christ. Again, thanks for listening to the weekly. Zach, it's time for us to go get some coffee. Yeah. It's 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 two o'clock. That's right. Definitely time for coffee. Time for fifth cup of the day. See you, Calorie.